Hey friends, it's Pastor Jeremy Berg here. Hey, you know, I wanted to just share um, a personal piece. Give you a window into my spiritual journey, especially the last couple of years. So it's pretty personal, but I share things like this because I think my vulnerability um, invites others to be vulnerable and honest about where they're at in their spiritual walk. I was reading through my old journals. I came across one that was entitled something like, my inner amusement park. I was rambling on about being a quiet contemplative pastor in a loud and pragmatic society. You know, I often feel like I'm not producing enough, I'm not getting enough results in ministry to justify my existence or a paycheck. Outwardly, I might even look idle sometimes. Perhaps, which by the way is perhaps one of the deepest and darkest sins of my family of origin. A family of hardworking, blue-collar, get-things-done. But my journal went on the defensive, insisting that if people could only open up my mind and peek into my thought world, oh, they'd find an amusement park full of wild ideas rising and falling like roller coasters. A hyper-colored circus full of spiritual insights roaming like elephants under the big tent. And they'd see outside-the-box ministry visions shooting across my mind like clowns out of a cannon. So, how goes my walk these days? Let me answer with the words of St. Teresa, whom I have been reading somewhat recently. She says, My head sounds just as if it were full of brimming rivers, and then as if all the water in those rivers came suddenly rushing downward, and a host of little birds seemed to be whistling, not in the ears, but in the upper part of the head, where the higher part of the soul is said to be. How's that for an opener? Wow. About two years ago, I turned 40. And my midlife crisis, not crisis, midlife revisioning process began. I realized I had spent my first half of life learning how to scramble and hustle to earn my place in this world, to prove myself worthy of others' respect, to show myself useful in society. I had accumulated tons of Bible knowledge, theological truth, and I had even accomplished put that in quotes, one of the high watermarks in the church ministry world. We successfully planted a new church from scratch. But these were sometimes, if I'm honest, mostly the external pursuits of my ego. And I had managed to keep my eyes so focused outwardly on certain ministry goals and spiritual projects that I often did not have the time or the courage, or maybe the training, to dare look inward at my inner life. Jesus' words have rung out with fresh poignancy, urgency, and meaning. When he says, Jeremy, what good is it to gain all that the world deems valuable, but to fail to nurture your own soul in the process? Mark 8, 36. 
You know, I can wax eloquent about our Father who art in heaven, but I was untrained in what it might mean to nurture a holy intimacy and mystical union with the Christ who dwelleth inside me. For years, I've preached sermons urging people to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and to drink deeply from that inner spring of living water that never runs dry. Yeah, I could preach the message, but could I live it? I found anxiety and restlessness often ruling in my own heart. And my own well of inspiration was repeatedly running dry. So a couple years ago, I began what I have called my pilgrimage of the soul. A slow and meandering trip into the contemplative side of Christianity. Getting to know the desert fathers and the medieval mystics. I'm finding my heart brimming with curiosity and hope, longing and eagerness to go deeper and to bring others along. I'm finding that the Lord is faithful to lead me beside still waters and green pastures, and he indeed prepares a table, a rich feast for me in the midst of my spiritual enemies. One of those greatest enemies being tireless striving. I'm also finding the 21st century church in America approaching a major crisis, and I'm predicting the slow demise of consumeristic forms of Christianity in the coming decades. And I think springing up from the ashes of what is often shallow, comfy, entertainment-based churchianity, it will be little pockets of spiritually hungry people longing to get back to the ancient paths, to seeking out capable spiritual guides and contemplative sages who can take them into the deep end of the Christian pool. My centering scripture the past couple years in ministry and undergirding our our vision shift at, at Main Street where I pastor has been Jeremiah 6, 16. Listen to this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And if you do, you will find rest for your souls. So how goes my walk? Well, I'm standing at a crossroads with regards to what kind of church model I want to pursue and and what I believe a pastor's vocation should really be about. In my doctoral research, I looked back into history and forward into the future, seeking the ancient paths that can produce thick souls and Christ-formed character in the people I pastor and myself. I don't I just don't want to peddle cheap spiritual trinkets, marketable fleeting experiences. I want to be led and then lead others to Jesus himself, who is the good way Jeremiah speaks of. I don't want to just think about it or write about it and preach about it on Sunday. I I actually want to learn to walk in it. Or as Jesus said, to abide in it. That is, to live it experientially. 
when I come down the mountain with my face all aglow from being in the presence of the Christ within and need to wear a veil lest others be blinded by Christ's countenance shining in me. So why this? Why now? I'm just desperately needing to find rest for my own soul that Jeremiah speaks of. If I'm to keep going in ministry long-term and to find joy in my everyday life of, of being a dad, of being a husband, not just being a pastor. St. Teresa, she invites us into this inner journey, into what she calls the interior castle of our souls, where, where Christ dwells in the most inner place, longing to meet and commune with us there. St. Teresa boldly asserts, and I love this, it is foolish to think that we will enter heaven without entering into ourselves. So she invites us to probe the divine mystery that John's gospel dares us to discover, that Christ wants to make his dwelling in us, not just rapture us up to some heaven in the sky, so that we can share union with Christ a kind of union that resembles the union the Father shares with the Son. Well, I suppose all of this has been kind of a full-color brochure describing my wild inner circus and contemplative jungle gym. But I'm really in a beautiful place right now of discovering of discovery and growth. And it's all flowing out of my past four years of doctoral research, which, which centered on pastors recovering their role as not organizational leaders, not uh, um, you know vision casters, not managers and business executives. No, pastors getting back to their role of being spiritual guides and doctors of the soul in a culture where people are so in need of this deeper well of wisdom. I don't want to be the organizational leader, merely the business manager, the vision caster, the program developer, or worst of all, a people-pleasing promoter of shallow Sunday experiences that may bring the crowds and tickle our ears, but don't lead to deeper inner growth and formation. At the end of the day, I guess I just grew tired of just trying to run and grow a church organization and the endless game of monitoring and managing people's excitement levels and expectation and the endless annual cycle of striking up the band to rally people around and a new series a new undertaking as if learning to follow jesus isn't enough to motivate people Tired of competing with school activities and constantly trying to boost organizational momentum. As if we can actually control most of these things in the end. So in this next season of my ministry, I'm eager to spend my gifts, my time, my wisdom in leading an intentional, a community of intentional discipleship and formation guiding spiritual pilgrims who want to go deeper into the wisdom and ways of Jesus. And I really hope there's some people out there, and maybe you're one of them listening today. 
You're tired of church as usual. You're tired of all the marketing gimmicks. You're looking for a pastor and a community offering a rugged pathway to real formation, to the deep end of the pool. If you're out there, get in touch with me. We're going to have some fun. But before we get our hopes up, let's go back and read the end of the Jeremiah passage that has been shaping my vision these past years. How do the masses of Jeremiah's day respond to God's invitation to walk the good and ancient and soul-reviving spiritual way? Well, it says, we will not walk in it. Let me say that again. Let me read the whole thing. The Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. We will not walk in it. The answer in Jeremiah's day, I believe and fear, will be the answer of many, if not most, in our day. Sorry, man. We will not walk in it. Sorry, Pastor. We're, we're fine just doing the Sunday one-hour rah-rah each week. It fits nicely into our schedule. Sorry. You know, we're, we're content having Jesus who provides eternal fire insurance but doesn't meddle in my here-and-now politics. Sorry. I'm happy having Jesus as my Savior. And I'll continue to be discipled in my everyday life by the latest patterns of the world. Sorry. I think I'll just let the political talking heads on the right and the left shape my social ethics, not Jesus and his upside-down kingdom. Sorry. We will not walk in it. Scary words. Sad words. But true words. Just look around. But how about you? Will you seek the ancient paths? Are you hungry for the good way? Will you decide to intentionally walk in it, abide in it, make your life rhythms in it? Friends, I believe the era of large mick churches and programs that attract the masses is in decline. The era of small, no-name mustard seed communities gathering inconspicuously in living rooms and coffee shops, and yes, that small mainline church down the road that you think is dead, that's the future and the past of Christianity. Get ready to embrace the small, the authentic, the deep, the slow, the enduring. And get ready to say goodbye. And it may take a while, but say goodbye to the big, the superficial, the shallow, the quick and efficient, the trendy and attractive. Jesus warned us from the beginning, and I wish pastors would take note. Pursue, Jesus said, the unpopular cross-shaped way. For the ideologies and lifestyles that lead to personal and cultural demise are broad, and the masses are flooding those paths. But Jesus' ethical vision 
that leads to human flourishing is narrow and few are interested in it. Matthew 7, 13 to 15, my paraphrase. So, friends, let all who have ears to hear listen to the words of the Jesus who launched the mustard seed revolution and let us pursue his good way in these days we find ourselves. This is Jeremy. Thanks for listening today. And again, um, looking forward to a new season of, of, of journeying together and, and putting out more and more um, um, resources and content and writing and books and podcasts, as well as gathering a group of people like we do every Wednesday night. We sit at a picnic table by Lake Minnetonka at St. Martin's Church, and we open the Gospel of Luke And we just read and immerse ourselves in the words of Jesus. And we let them be a detox to the crud that fills our ears the rest of the week. Come join us. Share this with others. And have a blessed day.